0: Welcome to the Turner Row Bible Chapel podcast. Encouraging and equipping Christians to grow in their walk with Christ.
1: As a shepherd, to be thinking a lot about the sheep, uh, about their growing, about their protecting, about the doctrines that they may they be affecting them. Uh, you're thinking about the sheep. You're spending time with the sheep. You're asking the sheep questions. You're asking the believers questions.
0: This is the Turner Road Bible Chapel podcast. I'm your host, Ben Davies. Today we will listen to part five of our series with David Dunlap titled, No Little Places. We're talking with David about his upcoming book, No Little Places, Pour Your Life into Serving God in a Small Church. In this part of our discussion, we talk about servant leaders and how church leadership can avoid lording and lead with the heart of a servant. Well, that makes sense, because if you look at, um, it's hard to, it's one thing to have spiritual authority, but if you have no relationship, good luck. Uh, That's right. Yeah. So you, you look at Jesus and you, you laugh a little bit, the fact that the disciples were so comfortable with him that they had the guts to ask him if they could be on his right hand or left. So yeah. Right. Right. Whatever relationship he had with them, it was pretty clear that when he spoke, they listened, but he also viewed them as a friend. And I think, um, sometimes when you're busy with things, if you're looking at it as a spiritual firefighter that will just let me know where the problems are and that's where we'll head next. It's hard to deal with the problem well, if you're not. Let me just a make one thing and then we go to another question. I think another thing that
1: leadership should be involved in doing is, um, is leading with spiritual vision, um, and communicating that. To say to the the body of believers, no, we want to do this. We're going to go into this uh, this year. Next year we're going to do this. We're going to do we're going to try to do this, that, and the other thing, and and share with them that the and uh, that you're thinking about where it's going, where this church is going, uh where we're going spiritually, what we're going to do evangelistically, what we're going to do teaching wise, um, how we're going to help the believers, what we're going to about the facilities all those kinds of things uh i think it's good to um to spend time in the 2 or 3 or 5 year vision about wh- where the where the uh, assembly is going so i think that's a good part of of the leadership as well the vision the teaching the, the uh the shepherding
0: now on that same topic you mentioned servant shepherd and there's uh different books out there i think there's one called servant leadership that's on this same line Let's talk about that for a minute. What is a servant shepherd and how can leaders protect themselves uh, from becoming lords over the flock instead of shepherds or servants? Sorry. I think it's a good question. I think it's a
1: very good question. I, I think the, the, one of the best ways to safeguard yourself is to, as a shepherd, to be thinking a lot about the sheep. Uh, about the growing, about their protecting, about the doctrines that they may they be affecting them. Uh, you're thinking about the sheep. You're spending time with the sheep. You're asking the sheep questions. You're asking the believers questions. You're asking them how they're doing, if they're growing. You are investing yourself in them. You are, you are focused on them. And the more that you're focused on them, and I think that's very productive, uh, and when good things happen, you give people credit. I try to. If something somebody does something uh, unnoticed and so forth, it's good for the pulpit or or announcements to say, we want to give a little credit to, you know, Mr. Smith, you know, he uh, probably noticed this thing being done and they were behind that and we want to give them credit. Uh, after a picnic, I always give credit to the ladies or those who are cooking, cleaning, cleaning. Give credit. You give a lot of credit, not to yourself, you know, maybe you did something. I don't think I ever, even if I did something unnoticed, uh, said, you know, I want to tell you what I did. You know, uh, this past weekend, you know, I cleaned up this or I painted that or whatever I did. I almost never do that about myself. But you you continually give credit to other people. And I think that's a very good thing. People appreciate getting credit. Uh, it sounds self-serving when you give yourself credit. Someone else gives you credit. That's one thing but you don't give yourself credit. You give credit to other people. I, I think that's a very important thing. You're helping them to grow. You're helping them to go further in the Lord. And you're serving, and you're meeting them for coffee. You're meeting them for a meal. You're you are reaching out to them. You're doing things for them. Uh, I, I think that's servant leadership. Uh, a sister has a baby. You go bring a meal over to them. You have a young man as a young single guy, had, uh, we had dinner together, you know, I paid for his dinner, we had a good time together, um, I told him, I'll, I'll take care of that part of it, you're serving them, you're giving to them. So when we give, serve, do, uh, and try to see other people built up, and we give them credit, uh, I think that takes away any of uh, that servant, uh, that, that uh, you know, you know, lordship kind of area. At the same time, there's times that the elder has to make hard decisions. But if you're serving, giving, leading, giving to people, showing love, sincere Christian love to other people, when it comes time for you to make that hard decision, they will accept that hard decision because, because you have been giving to them. Now, if you're always making hard decisions in the boardroom and not doing anything else, um, well, that's when the that's when you know there's an uprising or there's there's you you know I don't agree with that I don't agree with this, but you'd be surprised the more you give when it's time to make a hard decision maybe it's unpopular, a little bit unpopular, they will they will respect that decision and so I think that's the right balance you're giving serving. Uh, and then you're leading as well. That's the right balance. And when you do that, I I think, you know, avoid that idea of you're, you're you know, a serving king or something like that. You're the king, you're lording over them. And to be honest, I don't make too many decisions independently of talking to a lot of believers. Talking to the believers almost feed into making the decision that we might make, you know. And so you're talking to people and you find, oh, we've got to, you know, we've had a number of people say this, that leads into our decision. And and so it gives the idea that you're listening to us and then you're making the decision. We needed more room in our parking lot. We uh, we don't have a paved parking lot. We have a, a grass parking lot with parking stops. We've had a couple of fender benders. We needed more room. And so we just, we, we did that. We rearranged the whole parking lot very much different than it was before and kind of spread out and got more space. And everybody came one day and so the whole parking lot was changed. Uh, but I think for the better. But they realized it was something we responded to and in, uh, in things that I had talked about, things that they had expressed um, a certain need for. I, I think, too, I would say this. Good leaders uh, or I said I would say this um, bad leaders or leaders who are not doing what they should do. No leaders are better than or one leader or no leaders is better than uh um, bad leaders so we need to be very careful about those we bring on uh if they are don't have that servant attitude and mentality uh and there's some like that anyone who comes to you and say i want to be an elder i'm, I'm a little leery of their strong desire to be an elder because uh, i in the back of my mind i say to myself who would ever want to be an elder you yeah, it's like, did, did you read the job description before <laughs> you put your resume in? <laughs> there's an interesting statement by A.W. Tozer, where all the leaders the Lord chose, he would say, none of them desired it. Gideon didn't desire it. Moses didn't desire it. David didn't desire it. None of them said, I'm the leader, you pick me. Now, there's some that, that did say that, but he didn't pick them as the leaders. All the leaders he chose to be and, and were great leaders were those who had heart for God, but didn't want the job. And sometimes we have to go out and find people that don't want the job, uh, but are good leaders. It's the ones who want the job. We've got to say, no, you, you know, you're not the right person for that job. Sometimes it's like one leader. Sometimes it's two. We at this time have three. We have some deacons. We have, so we'll have five people that are in leadership. So I think I think that's good. But we have to watch. We don't get bad leaders. That's devastating. That's devastating too. Uh, and we've had we've had some of that. Uh, not that they were official elders, but they were unofficial uh, doing doing things that were harmful to the body. And uh, sometimes you got to tell them to stop. You got to go to them, and you got to correct people and tell them to stop doing certain things, sending emails, doing this, doing that. You got to stop doing that. So servant leadership is some of those things. Leading others, giving of yourself, sacrificing, building them up. I think that's having your eye on them. That's really a key in servant leadership.
0: I think, too, uh, going through the idea of being getting someone to the point where they're willing to pour their life into serving God in a small place. If you're in a small place and you feel like there is no... uh, I think ownership's a bad word, but it's a word we understand, right? I don't feel like I have... I'm invested in that church or that the leadership cares what I think, or worse yet, if I'm going to go to a small place and be lorded over around, oh, yeah, and bossed around and nobody cares what I think, right. good, luck. good right. luck keeping those people there. So I think those are great points that, uh, all of those things bode well for making people at the end of the, on end of the day, say this is, this is my church. And I think we all know what I mean when I say my church, right. this is a place where I want to be, I want right. to be invested. I want right. to grow. I'm a part of this work here. So
1: that's. I, I think a part of servant leadership also is looking at the saints as they grow, and getting them plugged into positions of service and leadership, uh, little by little, and you are putting them into these these positions. And I think that that also bodes well that you're not taking all of the different jobs and you're. Uh, you're doing 100 jobs and they're not doing any or very few, but getting them, looking at them, looking at their abilities and getting them plugged in to areas of service and leadership.
0: That's great. Okay, we'll shift gears again. You talk about either clothing, music, those are all things that uh, uh, you could have hour-long conversations about if you just mention them to anyone regarding church today. Um, you have a section in your book that deals with reverence and i think to some degree these two things fall in it although they're not exclusively what makes up reverence but the church today seems to be to be becoming more and more casual two major topics like i mentioned along those lines are music and how we dress in in your book you do cover this idea of reverence in the local assembly so I feel like a lot of our problems in a church could be related to a lack of of balance, and, and certainly reverence is probably one of those things. How would you say, in the midst of a changing culture, how do we achieve a balance of changing with the culture to a degree, but maintaining reverence for God in our church worship and and basically how we conduct ourselves.
1: A number of a few years ago, someone came to me and said, you know, I think we should in our church we should um, institute five minutes of silence as soon as you come into the Lord's supper or any meeting that there's silence and quietness. And I mean, it all, all sounded good to have that kind of thing, but I thought, you know, I I, I kind of resisted that. I felt like it was institutionally trying to create uh reverence through uh through a rule, policy. So I, I think that my attitude towards it, reverence has nothing to do with clothing. Uh reverence has not very much to do with music, or it can, and it can have something to do with clothing, but I think it, it doesn't really. Um, but I think the reverence to bring reverence and bring a certain uh, raising the tone Raising the godly tone within a assembly starts with the leadership. So I think one of the things it starts with, I'll just give you an illustration. There was a full-time worker in the area, and he was always late to the Lord's Supper. He was always five to ten minutes late. There's always something. I mean, not 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 once a month or once every two months, every week. And sometimes I would be invited to speak there. And I would notice he was always late, and he always came in ten minutes late, well, I noticed as well, the whole church was, a, was beginning to get that way. They're all come, coming in and going in and coming out and all that. So I think it really starts with the leadership. Uh, I think I'm at the building, probably 30 minutes on a Sunday morning uh, before it starts. I'm the first one there. I start, I open up with a hymn, or if some visitors are there, I maybe announce the visitors right on time, 9.15 it could be ten people there. It's nine fifteen. Could be eighty people there. They're all there. Nine fifteen. Uh, we know that Dave's going to be there. The elders are all there uh, minutes before, whatever ten thirty, and we're going to start right at nine nine fifteen. And um, I, I wear a tie. I wear now a shirt and a tie. Don't have to do that. Many many people do not do that. But, uh, they're casually dressed, but I don't think it matters. I think of one of, you know, one of the more godly people in our assembly doesn't, doesn't wear a tie or, or anything like that. It's on time and, and is a great brother and great family. So it has nothing to do with that, but I do wear it because I think it sets a certain tone, a, a certain tone of reverence, a certain tone of, of respect to the Lord. So I do that, but I think it's the leaders, uh, that are exhibiting that. I think at the Lord's Supper, the elders should contribute every Sunday. Contribute, not all the elders, but we, uh, elders should contribute. They are engaged. They it show value in this, and they're on time. First ones to leave, uh, first ones to come, last ones to leave. They lock up the doors. Usually, I'm the last one to leave, or one of the elders is the last one to leave. And I think that all shows. Uh, respect and reverence to the Lord. And that gets passed on to other believers. I don't have to say anything to them. I don't have to say, now, make sure you're there, you know, right on time, make sure you, you know, uh, any of that. I think partly it's modeled, and then more and more people model it, and you develop this reverent attitude. I think it's the way we speak about the hymns and we speak about scripture. It's the reverent way we speak. It's the way we speak about the Lord. Uh, uh when we are speaking at the Lord's Supper or when we're preaching. Uh we show a reverence for Scripture, we show a reverence for the Lord, we show a reverence uh in our families and those kinds of things. So I think it's passed on by doing those kinds of things. And and this passed on to other people. And I, I think we have uh, there'll be always be some that will be late. There'll all be some that maybe not pick up on, you know, kind of the reference or the trying to raise the tone of of, of uh, spiritual tone within the assembly. Always be some like that. But when you have the majority, uh when it's nine fifteen, you see eighty percent there. Well, that's fantastic, and you see them with their Bibles open and their. And you see them singing. We see really good singing. That's reference. When you see good participation of five, six, seven, eight people in one way or another at the Lord's Supper participating. Well, that's that's reference. So those kinds of things. Now, when you see one hymn after another after another as a hymn sing, well, I'd say that people uh, are not spending as much time in the Word of God, and so it's a shortcut uh, to participation when you have so much, so many hymns, and you got to fill the time somehow. So, so you just, you know, it's easy to give out a hymn one after another. So that's a sign to the elders: something's not right here um, during the prayer meeting. There's good, regular, heartfelt prayer. If it's really silent, a lot of gaps. Well, you feel that there's something not right here in the spiritual reverence, a spiritual tone, spiritual involvement of the believers. So so you see that it's not just a hush tone, it's participation, it's spiritual life within the local church. And when visitors come in, they see that when visitors come in and see, you know, the good participation, see brothers share from their hearts, their love for the Lord, they notice that. And I've had people comment that to me. Uh, so that's what I would say is reverence. I, I think it's led, it's directed by the elders, it passes on to everyone, and I think it's a heartfelt attitude. And we are constantly seeking to elevate the level of, of worship and spirituality and love for Christ through the church, you know, through the year. And, uh, we work on that. It's something elders should think about as they look around um, that kind of thing i don't i 've never had anybody say you're you 've been late to uh, two Sundays out of uh, the month uh, you know your kids are a little bit unruly on the back row I've never done that. Uh, we have yeah. flexibility uh, they 're growing and getting in that direction uh, I do too I might have mentioned this last time I get young people to become ushers now some people think that that 's irreverent somehow. Uh, that we have young people doing that. They should be uh, 50 years old before they start to be an usher. But I don't think it is. I think it really produces, it contributes to reverence. They are coming, they are serving, uh, they, with older men. We have four usually, two older, two younger. And it contributes to their, to their involvement and, 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 uh, and the, 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 the whole part of the lord's supper and i encourage them to participate and to be involved as soon as a person is baptized they may be 12 or 14 years old i tell them you know you feel you should feel the need to worship the lord and don't be afraid if you're 14 you have something to share you have a song or a passage do that that raises the level that raises the level of, of the worship and the commitment to the Lord. So those are just some thoughts on, um, on uh, some of the dress. I think ladies who may dress a little modestly, as time goes on, they will dress more modestly without even saying anything. And I, I can think of a number of different times where this has happened. Guys with long hair and earrings, over a period of time the earrings are gone, the long hair is gone. Not that you have to have, you know, short hair and, and, and what but they are convicted about something. They make changes for, for some reason. And they feel that they they should look differently and dress differently and carry themselves differently. And that's the elevated tone that you have at the Lord's Supper. A.P. Gibbs, in his book on worship, he talks about about spiritual tone at the Lord's Supper, and that's all it is. Spiritual tone is just raising the level of love for the Lord and worship for the Lord, and appreciation of the Scriptures, and appreciation of uh, for the Lord, and what He's done for us, and and that raises our reverence, and and so. It starts with the elders, starts with the leaders, and it starts with all of the different ones that, that participate at the Lord's Supper.
0: Well, I think it's the point of the five minutes of silence is, is a good one. I think you could drag that into a lot of things. Like, yeah, take something like clothing, it would be easy to make a rule. Um, yeah. Right. But it, it's, if you modeled it and people, and then the other thing too is being, being okay with the fact uh, I've said this in our in in our chapel before that if somebody comes every week in a suit and tie because they feel like that's what they need to do to be reverent to the lord then by all means wear that i i don't want to stop you to do that but if you look at somebody else who's not as dressed up and and you make the assumption that in order for them to be reverent they have to look like you that's wrong mm-hmm. um, but allowing the Holy Spirit is a lot harder, right? Allowing the Spirit of God to work in the heart, it might take more time, it might even look different than what I would want it to look like. But at least when they're doing that, they're not dressing, or they're not acting a certain way, or they're not showing up on time because they know that we're going to be upset about it. They're doing that because they want to honor the Lord, and that's a much better reason, a much better motivation than we could twist their arm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the TRBC podcast. Turner Bible Chapel is located in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. You can find us online at trbc.ca. We hope that this has helped encourage and equip you in your walk with Christ.